Amen. Well, now, we, now we've got the part in our retreat where everybody's been waiting for. Wow. We're going to talk about finances. Wow. And uh, I'm very, very excited to talk about finances. One, because I've just now discovered where I put my coffee from earlier. <laughs> and so I have collected my coffee again. Nice. But quick question. How many of us would like to have more money? Yes. Um, We're still waking up a little bit here. How many of us would like to have more money to work with? But how many of us would like to spend less money so that we can have more money? We got to learn how to do that. We're talking about finances. Let's turn over to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Come on, bro. The Bible says, Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept part or kept for yourself some of the money that you received from the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you do, think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. Great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some of the young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price that you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, this is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the Holy Spirit? Listen, the feet of the man who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young man came forward, came in, finding her dead, carried her out, and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. You know, obviously, this is a very scary scripture when it comes to the issue of finances. And, uh, you know, for me, I'll, I'll never forget, uh, we, were, we were in Texas for a, a period of time. We were hanging out with uh, Kelly's dad's side of the family. And we were trying to find some things to do, and we, we found out that they printed money in Texas. There's only two places in the United States that they print money, and one of them was in Fort Worth, Texas. And so we go, okay, let's go check out where they print money. And so we went, we went and, and kind of went on this tour that they, they took us around the whole factory where they print money. And I was, I was so shocked. I mean, there's literally... Pallets upon pallets of $100 bills stacked up. And you can see rolls of cloth that they're using to print on these giant printers. And I remember watching all this and going, man, they print this stuff. It's incredible. I mean, it doesn't just happen. They put put paper through a printer and magically out comes money. And yet, as simple as it sounds, this this money, the stuff that's printed on cloth, can be such a source of contention in a marriage. So much so that it can literally kill you in a marriage, like it did with Ananias and Sapphira. Um, I think Ananias and Sapphira is a great example, but they get a bad rap a lot of times. And there are a lot of positive things that they did. Um, One is that uh, in verse 1 it says they both decided to sell a piece of property together. They were both very sacrificial. And, um, And I think... When we're being sacrificial, it's very important to do that, but to ask ourselves, why? Why am I being sacrificial? Um, 
it, it can be, you can ask yourself, am I con so consumed with the love of God that I want to have a sacrificial life and great finances? Or am I so consumed with the need for my leader's approval that I'll do anything to get a pat on the back? Wow. Like, are we doing things so that someone will say, great job, you were so sacrificial? Or is it something that we do from our heart to please mm -hmm. God? Um, another question, are you so consumed with your own self-centeredness that you want to avoid looking at the facts or spend whatever you want, when you want, without restraint? And so that, I mean, that can be me for sure. Um, I think that can be a lot of us, especially growing up in the States. Um, yeah. I know ca Canada is the same way. It's just we're first nation, first world nations. We just, we have so much money to spend. Um, but we're, we're commanded by the scriptures to sacrifice and be generous. And so finances is a really big thing. Um, and so then asking yourself, um, one, am I giving biblically a tithe first? That's yeah. where we got to start. Is Because so many people don't even know that they're not giving a tithe. I sat down with a sister uh, when we were in Ventura. And um, she's like, I feel like God is opposing me and I don't know why. And I'm like, you're a great disciple. So we started going through all this stuff. And then at the end, we looked, I was like, I don't even know what question to ask you now. Are you giving a tithe? She goes, I don't know. I was like, okay, let's break this down. She was giving like 4% of her income. I was like, yes, God is opposing you. You don't even have a relationship with him. According to Malachi, this is crazy. So anyways, um, she fixed that. And that son, she's like, I am giving a tithe wow. this Sunday. I will not stand for this. And that Sunday, randomly, she gets a call for another job. And so God was like, way wow. to go, kid. Um, and so after you find out if you're giving a biblical tithe first, then ask why or who are you trying to please with your finances? Um, and so being sacrificial has to come with the right heart. Who are you trying to please? Um, verse 2, the other thing they did. Uh, they sold their property and gave the money um, with his wife's full knowledge. They lied. But... They had great communication. They're totally um, and so, um, and so we need to know both parties. So, um, even though one person might be better with the finances, both people need to know exactly where the finances are, or it will crumble. And it's not like, hey, do we have money? Uh, no, don't spend anything. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, looking at gauging, like, what are your goals together? Um, verse 4, it says the, the property belonged to them. They had no debt. That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Romans 13, 8 says, let no debt remain outstanding. Proverbs 22, 26 through 27. Do not be a man who strikes hands in a pledge or puts up security for debts. If you lack the means to pay, your very bed will be snatched from under you. Mm. Which is incredible. Um, that when we overspend then at some point it will catch up with you and all of what you value will be taken from you. Which, and brings shame, it brings discouragement, depression. Um, in verse 5, uh, it says they thought about it. They, they sold their property, they had a plan. This was intentional that they were going to come and put um, the money at the apostles' feet. And um, I remember uh, when we were in Hilo, young awesome married couple. <laughs> we had been married like I think two years and um, I had asked Evan, no I'm sorry this was four years, we'd been married four years and I had asked Evan at every single family time, every single day time, hey babe can we talk about having a budget? He's like no. I was like hey man, I was trying to be submissive. Next family time, hey babe can we talk about having a budget? No. Okay. 
darn it. Okay, next four years over and over and over again. So finally I was like, this approach is not working. This humility jazz is awesome, but it's not working. It's not effective. So I was like, okay, I do know that my husband is so factual and logical. I got to work with what he is and who he is. So I get on the computer and I look at our bank statement and the bank had taken $800 worth of overdraft charges in six months from us. And so I told him this and he's like, we need a budget. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'll make a budget. He goes, no, you make me three proposals and I'll choose one. And I was like, ah. So anyway, so then I make, um, I made three, but I really made two because one of the options was exactly how it was. Uh, see what I did there? Um, and then I put what I thought he would like, maybe, and then I put what I wanted. Of course, he picked the one he liked. Um, but it was really cool. Um, and we also had um, we had a, uh, we had all of our cash, a lot our money allotted to different things, but we also had cash to spend. And um, so I would hand him cash spend it on McDonald's if you want to, which he did. That was the thing he was so scared of. You're going to make me not be able to go out and eat fast food. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> and so, he, so then he was happy, and he was happy with our budget. Um, and since then, we've had a solid plan ever since, and our finances have been beautiful to the point one time it was so tight we had literally two cents in our bank account for like four days. And I was like, you want my two cents? That's all I got. <laughs> um, and so it was really cool. I was so proud of us. Um, so find a plan that works for you both and commit to it. Just whatever's going to work for you. Um, and then knowing that almost any plan is going to work if you commit to it. Um, now, what is the negative of Ananias and Sapphira? Is they decided to be greedy and selfish and lie about their financial situation. So that's why it's a bad story. But they had so much good that was going on. Uh, but the true fact is that most of us are very, very bad with money. Not a lot of us. They don't teach finances in school. And our parents, a lot of our parents don't know how to be great with money either. And so Rich teaches finances. We all know who to come to. Um, and so, um, but we need to allow um, other people into our lives to help us because this can be a source of shame that Satan can use to really um, handicap us when we're trying to navigate this world as disciples. So, thank you. Uh, a couple of things here is I, I handed out a uh, financial forecast example. Uh, I, I've learned over the years that a lot of a lot of disciples budget poorly because they don't have the right type of budget. Uh, a lot of us, sadly, live from paycheck to paycheck, and we don't have a big buffer in our account. And so, if we just do a traditional budget, although you might be on track, there'll be points in your your month where you go below zero and end up getting overdrafts and things like that. And so what I did is made a spreadsheet where you can pretty much see where your finances should be every single day. And so you can log on to your bank account online, look at your numbers, and just compare. And you can see the effects of something you do up front in the year way on down the line. And so if you want that um, spreadsheet, you can download it. I put it on my website so anybody can have it and download it whenever they want. And it uh, makes it a lot easier for you. And this is what I use in our finances. And I think because of the fact that we have a very, very tight budget... It's a way that allows us to be very sacrificial and very generous with our money and still not uh, be irresponsible with it at the same time. So please feel free to use that if you want to. Uh, again, don't feel obligated, but maybe it'll help you in your personal finances. Uh, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 
One of the things with Ananias and Sapphira is they were sacrificial, but I, I believe that they lacked the heart of finances. And I think in a lot of times that disciples, we can be sacrificial, but, but really still not have the heart that God wants us to have in finances. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, it says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows, not sacrificially, but generously, will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge your harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. That the heart that God calls us to have is not one of sacrifice, but of one of generosity. And Ananias and Sapphira were absolutely sacrificial. They, they sold a piece of property, laid a big portion of it at the apostles' feet, but they lacked a heart of generosity. Instead, they had a heart of greed. Uh, obviously, one of the, the big challenges for us as disciples is to give special missions. Uh, I, I do not believe that special missions is a salvation issue. You, you cannot give your special missions and still make it to heaven. That may be a surprise to you, but I have not heard of one single case when somebody has been asked to leave the church because they didn't give special missions. Are you with me? It is not a salvation issue for you, but it could be potentially a salvation issue for those that we could possibly reach with our money. That's why we give generously. And we've got to have, make sure that we have the right heart. One of the things I like to think about is how much we have as North Americans. Um, I... I Think historically that Solomon was probably one of the most wealthiest people in all of history, perhaps the Bible, etc. And yet I doubt that you would trade your life today for the life that Solomon had back in his time. No, no cell phones, no TV, no sporting events, no, no flipping on the radio. You had to literally grab a band of people to come in and play music for you. Would you trade your life today for the life that Solomon had in his time? And it's incredible because really it just goes to show how good we have it. The reason why we don't think we have it good is because we compare our lives to those that have it better than us. Mm. And so therefore, when we look at all the things that we don't have rather than all the things that we do have. And it doesn't allow us to have a heart of generosity. God blesses generosity. In Proverbs eleven twenty five, 25, it says that God refreshes those who refresh others. And so I really want to challenge us as a married group here to really set the tone of giving generously. And I promise you, you cannot outgive God. Mm. You cannot be more generous than God. And God promises that when you give generously, God gives generously back to you. Amen? Amen. So let's honor God with our finances. Amen. Awesome.